Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, episode number five. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. I am so excited because today I have a very special guest. I have um, the owner of BAM Nutrition in Lexington, North Carolina, Reagan Treichler, here with me today. And um, she has just gone through some really, um, the most exciting times you can have in a business. Whenever you uh, do a soft launch, you get it opened, and now what happens after you go through all that? So she's going to share her journey with us today. And um, Reagan, if you don't mind, I've given a little bit of background, but tell us more about yourself. Tell us about anything personally you think we need to know, and then um, professionally as well, and give us a little bit of of your background. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I was actually born in Michigan, moved around a ton, and my family and I, we found our home in Lexington. It's where I grew up. Um, I spent most of my life there. I left for four years for college and then immediately knew that's where I wanted to go back to. It was the homey feeling. The city was growing. It was somewhere I wanted to be a part of. So um, I'm one of four kids. I have three siblings. Um, my brothers are my two best friends most days, and my sister is my best friend every day. So, <laughs> so I'm very close to them. Um, my mom is also just hugely supportive, um, you know, one of those moms that would go to the end of the earth if she knew it would help one of us. And then um, my dad, is he's very successful, and he's always been, you know, very supportive of anything we did and very, um, you know, like a life lesson thing. So even if he thought it wasn't going to work out, he'd let you do it just so afterwards you could learn from it. So... Ah. Greatly supportive family. Um, I moved to UNCG for school. Um, I went for hospitality and tourism. By the end of the time I graduated, I knew it was not what I wanted to do. So Ah. I went back and started um, a graduate certificate program for nonprofit management because I knew all I wanted to do was help people. At that time, I actually found the Herbalife opportunity and was able to find a way to help people and, you know, make a really good living that way. And then that led us to opening a nutrition club as part of our business, just to grow our business. And we opened our nutrition club, and now that's what we're doing full-time, and it's just amazing. Wow. And and how long did that take you from the time you first um, kind of started out doing your own thing to where you actually have the the brick-and-mortar location open? How long was that? So I've been doing the Herbalife business, um, basically working from home for a year now. So it was a year in January. And um, I wasn't really sure that I wanted a brick-and-mortar location. You know, that, there's a lot that comes with that. There is. So I was yeah, very it's... nervous, and I wasn't really sure. But um, I was wandering through Lexington one day and found the space that was available. And I kind of just fell in love with the thought of it and the space, and it just all worked really well. So um, it just that's how it really led me to that. Before, I was thinking maybe it would be a home-based business forever, really. Okay, so it it really was kind of an optional thing whenever it first started. Yeah, definitely. It was not something that I was dead set on or even positive of, really. Now, at what point in your life, you know, um, did you decide that you really wanted to be an entrepreneur or a business owner? Because that's not something that most kids, you know, start out on career day in school saying, you know. So when when did that occur to you? It really has been a long time. Um, When I was younger, um, my sister, so my best friend and I, we – we love to do anything to make money. We were the kids at the lemonade stand at the end of the driveway. Okay. We folded um, 
fans and sold them to all of our family. We'd have paper fans, and we took them to all uh-huh. the events. We made a newspaper at one point that told all the family going on, and we used to deliver it for a quarter to my grandparents. And oh, that's funny. So we always did stuff like that, um, and so I always knew that I I really liked that, you know, working for myself and having that pride of that, um, not ever really knowing where that would come into my life. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting because you can spot some of those tendencies in, in children, you know, the kids that are out selling the, you know, the candy or the candy bars or the light bulbs or the pizza kits or whatever it is for the little league or for the band. And yes. pretty soon it turns into more because you realize, oh, my gosh, I just made all that money and turned it into someone else. Yes. That could have been for me. So <laughs> that's good. So you talked a little bit about the um, not really being sure if you actually wanted to open a brick and mortar business, but um, besides not really being sure, what was the biggest fear you had with doing that? Because you talked about there's a lot involved, and, and I'd like for you to kind of flip over that stone and tell us a little bit about what's under there. Well, there's the financial worry that everyone has, but I think my biggest thing was just the that it was all going to be me. You know, there there isn't any sick days. You can't call in sick to your own right. Um And, you know, when I worked for someone else, there was always that option of, you know, like, well, do, you know, I could take off or I could go do this. It was, um, you know, so I was very apprehensive of the fact that it's, you know, it's, it's a daily thing and it's, it's yours. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Now I absolutely love it. And I'm, I love being there and, you know, there's no, you know, being home's nice, but I love being in my nutrition club now. So um, right. it was just kind of that fear of this is it. This is, this is an all or nothing situation. This isn't taking a job. This is, this is me and this is it. Well, yeah, and all the um, the financial, all the success, everything rides on your yeah. shoulders. So it, it is a lot. Now, can can I ask, were you um, self-funded? I mean, have you had to kind of bootstrap this business, or what process did you go through to even get? Because I know by the time you sign leases and get equipment and do all that, you're talking about a significant outlay in the very beginning. Yes, definitely. And so because um, – so my boyfriend and I, we co-own the business together, and uh-huh. so we – Found the space, fell in love with the space, decided, yes, it's all, we're all in, let's put all our coins in one pot and go for it. But we hadn't done any savings to that point, you know, like mm-hmm. we weren't saving to open a brick and mortar location. So, um, you know, we kind of scratched through our funds and figured out, he's an accountant, so he can figure out all those numbers really easily. Can make it, make it appear, right? Yeah, so he <laughs> figured out, you know, kind of, well, this is what we got. Can we do it? And we decided that we could. And, um, you know, we, we did a lot of things on the low end. We did a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, what can we reuse this for? The space that we rented had some, um, you know, like, plywood on the walls that we used mm-hmm. for the front of our um, bar. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we really did a lot of things on the low. We bought, you know, a used refrigerator. Um, you know, we, we used bag of ice for the first little bit until we could rent mm-hmm. an ice maker. So just really doing things so that we didn't put ourselves in a bad financial position, that we, we tried to be as smart as we could mm-hmm. and just use exactly what we had available to Just us. kind of go out with the minimal that you yeah. could get by with and exactly. then do that. that. And that's a smart thing to do. Um, I think so many people sometimes think they've got to go big or go home. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, in, in Internet-type marketing, they always talk about, 
do the minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. And brick and mortar is the same thing. You still got to, you've got a little extra pressure yeah. when you have people walking in though. So you can't just have some grungy refrigerator right. or what, you know, you got to keep the presentation up. So I, I definitely understand that that is a whole different level of uh, making it bare bones yeah. and our, as far as that goes. So. Our space is only 400 square feet, like mm -hmm. a little bit more maybe. So it's a small mm -hmm. space and that was very attractive to us because that's cheaper and it mm -hmm. costs less to heat it, and it costs less to cool it, and it, there's not oh, many absolutely. lights. So it was, it really ended up working well for us on our, our, you know, minuscule budget to think that mm -hmm. the space was small, so there's not as much stuff to put in there. Well, sometimes whenever you don't have the deep pockets, you also have to be more creative. And I know with me, it forces me to negotiate in ways that I would have never thought I would have even done before yeah. if I had the money. You know, you think, wow, what can you do if you really had your back up against a wall? And you find a way. So, so that's good. Now, can you do me a favor? And I guess I should have gotten you to do this in the very beginning, but um, we, well, I said your name of the business is BAM Nutrition, and you call it a nutrition club. Can you kind of explain a little bit about, some people might not be familiar with that concept. Yeah. So give us a little description. Yeah, so um, we call it a nutrition club, and what we do is we sell smoothies and green teas there um, on a daily consumption basis. So we're open breakfast and lunch hours, 7 to 3. And um, But the bigger thing that we really do is, we do nutrition coaching. We do weight loss and wellness coaching. Um, you know, the mission is to make people whatever they want to feel. They want to feel better. They don't want to be as tired. They want to lose weight, whatever it may be, that we can help with that and by mm -hmm. the use of the nutritional products that we have available to us. Um, so the smoothies, let's get them in, what gets them in the door. But, mm -hmm. you know, our mission is to really help them, you know, get to whatever their goal is. And we run weight loss challenges. And, you know, we do lots of things for the community to try to help people become more involved and realize that whatever their health and wellness goal is, that it's obtainable and that we can help. Mm -hmm. And are you actually doing the health and nutrition coaching yourself or do you have, have you had to hire other people to do that? Nope. So it's um, just my boyfriend and I, as of right now, um, you know, we'd love to expand, but we like to think of it as each of our own businesses. So even when I was working on the nutrition club in Greensboro, you know, it was mm -hmm. my personal business, but those were my right. customers and that kind of thing. So that, there's more pride that you take in it when they're yours and you're not just, you know, an employee. It's that all or nothing yeah. feeling. Yeah, and you become invested in their success as well because, honestly, their success is a complete reflection on you. Yeah. Whether whether you put the food in their mouth or not, yeah. it still reflects on you. So. Um, so now we talked a little bit about you finding the place um, that you just fell in love with. Um, did What other factors were you looking at whenever you said, should we go ahead and get this location? Did you look at... You know, what else was around there? Did you look at market competition? Did you look at the traffic that would be on the street or the walk-up or drive-through? Kind of tell us how you assess that, if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. So um, we are a block off of the intersection of the Main Street and Center Street, which are the two main streets in Lexington. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of traffic there. We're next to the largest bank in Lexington, and we're a block away from the second largest bank. So we're in a mm -hmm. really great location. Um and we are between the bank and all of the other restaurants. So we have a lot of okay. walk-by. Um, one of the things that really got us intrigued was, you know, the fact that there's no available spaces on the Main Street in Lexington at that point in time. There was no ah. there. So that, you know, that, that's a lot of draw. And, um, you know, growing up there, I had seen it start to change. It's become a lot more popular to go downtown. There's a lot of businesses downtown now. So um, we knew the area was growing um, we looked around. There's not um, – Lexington is the barbecue capital of the world because we have ah, amazing barbecue. Okay. Um, and it's not because we have amazing salads or amazing healthy restaurants. 
<laughs> because there's not there's not a lot around for people that are looking to be healthy. Um, you know, we're two blocks from the YMCA, which is the largest gym in Lexington. And okay. so there's a lot of people and like the YMCA, they're not big enough. Their parking lot's not big enough. And mm. so, you know, there's people looking and there's not a lot. So walking around town and talking to some people and telling them, you know, oh, this is what we're thinking of doing. We had amazing feedback. So we felt very positive knowing that, you know, there's been some interest in that we've seen it grow in other places. You know, we mm-hmm. worked out of the club in Greensboro. There's another one in Grand, North Carolina, which is a small mm-hmm. town also, which is booming. So we knew that, you know, if you if you can get people in the door, that they would mm-hmm. like it because it's the products taste good. So that's mm-hmm. what really matters. Excellent. So it, it does... The overall location, location, location is probably the biggest yeah. thing that I'm hearing is that tr- seeing what you have coming across your door. Because you can't just go out and grab people and make them come in. Exactly. You know, you got to have a certain amount, you know, coming through anyway. Now, as you've been um, kind of getting your feet wet in the business world over the past several years, have you had any sort of mentor or business coach or anything like that that's kind of helped you get your stuff off the ground? Um, yeah, so my dad won. He is incredibly supportive and, you know, he's very, will point you in the right direction. He'll never say, well, you need to turn left. He'll say, well, you know, there's some interesting things over in that direction. And so you end up where he thinks you should go. So he's uh-huh. always been just a great support there as far as very mentoring in that case. Um, since joining Herbalife, uh, my mentors have been Brad and Kelly Davis. They're the people that introduced me to the business. And uh-huh. they're absolutely amazing people. They're the people that own the Greensboro Nutrition Club. And they, there was no secrets. There was nothing that they weren't going to tell me. So they told me mm. everything down from, you know, the things they didn't want people to know, the things that, you know, well, this mm-hmm. happened and it was wrong. So this is, don't mm-hmm. do that. And so it really, um, you know, I felt really great when I said, well, I want to open a business. And they said, okay, well, here's everything we know. And so okay. um, they've been very supportive and they've, they've really helped me grow in the business world. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of one of the purposes even of this podcast is, you know, that whole transparency thing and trying to share with other people that may be interested and not view them as competitors, right. but say, you know what, we have some information that we've gotten through experience and we can share it and somebody else in some other community can be better off because yeah. of it. And those, you know, those, it's, it's so nice, it's, even as you've been in a Lexington for several years and seen, you've probably seen the downtown section go through some phases yeah. and maybe some scary phases and maybe now some revitalization. And I think so many local communities are doing that where they're trying to bring back their main street. They're trying to bring back the focus on local and, kind of get rid of the big box people that have come in and, you know, kind of taken so many jobs and, and that kind of thing. So it is so I know it probably gives you a great sense of pride to be a part of that whole local business thriving Main yeah. Street area. So that's awesome. Now, as you've been running your business day to day, besides the mentors and the things that you've learned from there, are there other resources that you found really helpful in running your business that you would maybe even recommend to other business owners? Yeah, definitely. Um, so plugging into the chamber and, you know, just the community resources that are around you. We also have um, it's Uptown Lexington, and they, they mm-hmm. organize the events that go on uptown. Um, they help with our ribbon cutting. You know, they'll give you grants for things if you want to fix up the outside of your building. So reaching out to those community members, and if you're not sure who they are, um, you know, we had tons of people that were other business owners that as we were building out and we were working in our shop, they came over just to say hi and hello and, you know, there was a lot of times that I said, you know, what about this? And they said, oh, you have to go ask this person or you need to call this person. And 
I don't know how many people pulled out their cell phones and gave me phone numbers of people because they just, you know, they want to see other things grow too. And so just, you know, we started, even the days that we weren't, people didn't come to us, we started wandering around to other businesses to introduce ourselves. And so the community that you're in are the people that are so supportive. Um, we had a, an Edward Jones representative who invited us to another networking group in Lexington that I didn't even know existed. And mm. without him introducing us, you know, when I went there, I didn't know anybody else in that room. So if he wouldn't have invited us, you know, who knows when we would have found out about it. So just really, you know, asking everyone for a little bit of help, you know, do you know anybody who's, and just whatever you need, mm-hmm. you never know what comes back to you. I love the collaboration, and like you say, it is it benefits all of the local businesses. Yeah. Whenever one, you know, no no business owner wants to see the store next door go out of business yeah. and then be sitting vacant, and suddenly the store on the other side go out of business. So having that collaborative you know, environment where people are sharing and they're not, it's not that, um, you know, it's like the, the sense of abundance and saying we, there's enough resources, there's enough out there for us all. We don't have to hoard it and hold it close to our chest and not share. So I love that. The chamber, um, I, that's actually how I actually found out um, and was exposed to you guys um, through your ribbon cutting and doing the um, opening and that sort of thing, the local media that you got for that. And so um, I think as a, a, biz, a brick and mortar business owner, probably the chamber should really be your first stop in yeah. just about any um, community. Granted, they're all going to be a little bit different, but all will have unique resources that can uh, point you in, the, like you say, the direction for just about anything you, you need. Um, we've talked about a lot of the positive things, and I just thought that maybe there might be some um, lessons or failures or or non-starts that you've had along the way that maybe you've learned some lessons from. We don't want to focus on the negative, but I think we've all, you know, whether it's a big failure or a little failure, we've probably all had some things that we could share with other people to steer them clear, maybe, of the path we took. Have anything like that? Yeah, so, um, you know, we're based on people coming in for smoothies, and so... Cold, wet, wet, rainy days, which is what we've had a lot of weather of lately, has has made some days or some mornings really, really slow. And mm-hmm. um, the first couple days, I was very, you know, like, I'm, I'm terrible, I'm failing, you know, nobody's here. But, um, you know, we really kind of reconvened with ourselves and realized that, you know, it's just the way it is right now and that we have to kind of suck it up. And that instead of sitting there and deciding that, you know, there's no people, and we'll just sit there and wait till someone shows up. We've tried to go out and just go to meet people. So rainy days, mm-hmm. we're rain boots and rain jackets and wandering mm-hmm. around just to talk to people and meet people. And um, so that's been probably one of the biggest failures since starting this business is the days when, you know, nobody comes in for the first two hours or there's a three-hour mm-hmm. clock in the middle of the day and there's nobody comes in or, you know, we sold two shakes. And so – it's really hard in the sense of like, well, do you want to get up and go back tomorrow? Because, you know, kind of thing. So it's, it's that feeling of failure that I think has been my biggest failure is that, mm-hmm. you know, worry that, oh, this is it, this one terrible thing. Or, you know, when we were working on the nutrition club, there was, you know, the sink needed to be moved and the plumber was like, well, this is a big job. And it's like, well, this is great. We didn't do enough research and now I signed a lease and now I have a building and now I'm, you know, it's, it's that taking every small thing as being a failure has, I think, been mm-hmm. my biggest kind of detriment to myself. So really kind of trying to reel those in and not let them be monumentous and trying to make them, you know, just tiny little, okay, no problem. How can I fix this? How can we move on? Yeah. What's the next step? 
has really the motivation. Yeah, has really been my hardest thing on myself is that I'm I'm quick to say like, oh, well, I've failed. But you know, a lot of times it's not really a failure. It's just a it's a roadblock, and you can figure out right. how to get around it. So um, it it is. That's funny because I think a lot of maybe the perfectionist type personalities, the minute there's nothing that you can see of perfection in what's going on, it's automatically a failure. It's either completely perfect or, oh, my gosh, it was the biggest failure ever. So, um, yeah, cutting ourselves slack. And, you know, getting up, the thing is getting up and doing it again all day. I know um, you talked about, you know, do you want to go back in and do it the next day after, you know, after you had a kind of a slow day one day. But the interesting thing is I think with so many businesses, I have seen them launch and open their doors and then they start out with whatever their schedule is. And then some reason they end up adjusting it. And then suddenly they decide they're closed on Tuesdays. Or they decide they're closed on, you know, oh, instead of 9 o'clock at night, now they close at 6 o'clock at night. And suddenly the people that were going to try it show up and you're not there. Yeah. And so that, you know, even being faithful in that consistent hours, I think, is so critical for people to know absolutely, no matter what, they're going to be here. There's been restaurants that I have tried three and four times to go to, and every time it's like, okay, now they've changed, to this is their schedule, and now this is their schedule, and pretty soon you just realize, is this is not something I'm going to be able to even get into, because I can't figure out what their hours are, so kudos to you for going back day after day, and keeping your schedule, and keeping it open, because that will, over time, Time, build so much consistency with what your customers come to expect and maybe you'll get a little bit of uh, the habit forming type uh, yes. cu- customers who get used to having it every single morning so um, as far as launching your business what kind of marketing strategy did you guys employ with your with your launch you, you mentioned before that you kind of did a soft launch back in December mm-hmm. can you kind of for those that maybe very, very brand new, or even maybe just thinking about dipping their toe into the local brick-and-mortar type business, can I kind of go over the difference between a soft launch and then the the, uh, full launch and then kind of give us a little bit of what your strategy was with that? Yeah, definitely. So um, we did a soft opening in December where we just, basically we we decided on a day and we were opening our doors. And there wasn't any hullabaloo, you know, we, we advertised it, obviously, told lots of people that that's what day we would be open. But there Was it an, mostly, I'm sorry to interrupt, was it mostly word of mouth advertising or what type of advertising yeah, did Yeah, we you did do? a lot on Facebook, social networking, okay. um, and then we did a lot of what we call one-on-one and just person-to-person advertising where, you know, we spent days before we opened, you know, wandering around town handing out coupons for smoothies and okay. flyers and things like that just so that, you know, there wasn't just, all of a sudden people are like, well, I heard there's something. It was, hey, this girl, she gave me this coupon. Do you want to go with me? And so, mm-hmm. you know, we tried to do a lot of really, you know, talking to people. Um, the the business community around us, again, was super supportive. You know, all of them were like, what do you need me to put out? What can we put out? How can we share this with people? Um, we had a lot of the businesses in the area that shared our Facebook page, which caused a lot of interest. So, um, you know, reaching out to them again and asking for help. And they were so willing to help and um you know, share our stuff. So mm-hmm. we did the soft opening where we we just kind of spread the word around and said, our doors will be unlocked this day. We'll be blending smoothies. Come and see mm-hmm. us. And, you know, we had a great response. Um, you know, we had almost 50 people come in that first day by wow. wondering by and, you know, people that had seen us, you know, oh, I saw you were painting walls in here. And, you know, finally there's an open sign. And so um, we had a lot of people that day. And 
and then, you know, we were right before Christmas. So it, it definitely slowed down right before Christmas. And mm-hmm. even in the uptown area, it was very busy, but you could see most people were with a mission. Like when they were walking past our windows, they were going right. somewhere to pick something <laughs> up and they had to go somewhere else. Right. So, um, you know, then we had a lot of repeat customers, but we weren't getting as many new customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last week we did a grand opening. We did a joint grand opening between the Chamber of Commerce because we are members and between mm-hmm. the Uptown people. So they were all there. They all invited lots of people. The mayor was there. Wow. And he had been in previously. He came in before we had our grand opening and got a smoothie and talked to us. How nice. So, um, and he's been awesome. Um, he brought a news crew in because, you know, he said, you're a new business and I want, they were in town and I wanted to help you. And so, um, you know, the community support has been outrageous and just absolutely amazing to us. But so then we did the grand opening. We did the ribbon cutting. There was, lots of hullabaloo and the mayor spoke and, you know, I guess he used giant scissors and yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, you know, very shiny then. And so now it's very official. We're open. It's in the newspaper. And so now we're having people that said, Oh, I saw you in the newspaper or I saw you on the news. I saw that you were open. So um, it's just a little different as far as the way you pronounce it to people, you know, we're open or, you know, we're having a grand opening and now we're officially open. So, okay. And I was going to say though, a lot of times whenever people see an area that's been vacant and they, they suddenly, they see work going on many times, the curiosity factor will get to become, Oh, I just wanted to see what you did with it. I wanted to see what this was about. And pretty soon they're in just because they're as curious as someone who uh, has to go to the houses, the open houses of the houses yeah. for sale in their neighborhood, you know, <laughs> exactly. just to see what's going on. So that's okay. We'll take that kind of traffic as well. Now, I would assume that at this point, some of your marketing efforts revolve around getting the repeat customers yeah. coming in. So what do you guys have planned for um, customer retention and what might be working for you right now? Yeah, so we've, we've actually had really good, we have a, a number of customers that are, you know, daily or every other day. Um, and the first thing, you know, when a new customer comes in is they actually fill out a new customer form and we have their information. And then, you know, a day or two later, one of us gives them a call and we just, you know, we want to make sure you liked it. If you didn't like it, what didn't you like? What can we change? You know, how can we help you? And I, people are always just so surprised, like, oh, it was wonderful. And I'm like, good, I'm so glad to hear it. And so, you know, just really making sure that people realize that we really do care about them and that we really want them to enjoy the space and enjoy being there and have a good experience. Um, there's been one time that I know of that I made the wrong smoothie for the person. And I realized that as I'm looking at the blender washing it, this is not the right smoothie. And I made another one and walked it over to him. He's a business owner two streets down. And I just said, you know, I don't think your smoothie's right. And he said, oh, it tastes really good. And I said, well, it's not right. So here's another one, you know, and so just really making sure that the people realize that, you know, we're here and that we care about them and that that's what we're looking to do is just take care of people and help them. Um, and that's, that's gotten us great retention as far as, you know, just making sure we talk to people, you know, learning people's names so that when they come in, you know, we can greet people by their name and trying to make it a very, you know, friendly, homey atmosphere where it's somewhere that they want to go on their lunch break and spend 20, 30 minutes because it's, it's a nice place to go. So. All right. You know, I think um, that just that whole um, – care that you show as a, you know as a local business owner dealing with local people and hoping that these are the people you see tomorrow and the next day and the next day you treat them differently than you would if you were um an employee of a big national chain yeah. 
that didn't know anyone other than the people in your local store and you might be working there for three months and three months from now you really aren't and you know what you're getting paid ten dollars an hour and you really if you make less smoothies during ten dollars an hour you, you know it, it's better for you and you know you can't there is not a dollar amount that you could put on the difference in the overall experience, but people notice that. And that is completely the differentiating factor between local versus out of, you know, out of the area where they don't really care other than give us your money right now. Exactly. So um, I know that that's a huge thing to get those repeat. And you even get to the point where you say, hey, are you having the same thing you had yesterday? You want to try something new, yeah. you know, and before you know it, you've got, you know, you can have it ready when you see them coming out of their car, you know. So that's a that's a really cool be able to be have that relationship with them. Now, as you guys are opening, I know you mentioned your, that your um, boyfriend, the co-owner, is an accountant. And so what type of performance indicators are you guys currently measuring as you look at um, your your business and what what's important to you and why are those important okay so we track all new customers so like I said, every new customer fills out a form and so we know at the end of the day how many new smoothies we made and how many recent mm -hmm. smoothies we made mm -hmm. and so um, it's great for us to be able to track you know this is how many new ones are coming in this is how many people are coming in and that's a lot of our tracking right there is, you know, they're coming back. So these people like it. Great. Um, you know, why, why haven't these people come back and trying to figure that out um, is, is what we're really doing right now. But uh -huh. we, our biggest trackers right now is how many new people have we had and then how did they come in? You know, did they come off a referral? Did they come off of Facebook or, you know, did they come off of one of our free smoothie cards? So we, we track all of those things so that we really know where to put in more efforts. Like if Facebook's working, like, you know, I'll do 10 more Facebook today if that means mm -hmm. more people are going to come in. If it's, you know, the free smoothies or the referrals, you know, we'll create a referral program if it's referrals mm -hmm. that are getting us more business. Um, mm -hmm. So just keeping track of those things so we know which ones, you know, kind of dig our time into. Mm -hmm. To get, yeah, to get that return on your investment. Yeah. You know, I think you guys, I mean, with the model that you have for your business, um, the fact that you're getting every new customer's information right off the bat before, really before you ever get their dollar, you know yeah. what I mean? You have their information. That is, that is a gold mine right there. Yeah. And so that is absolutely something that a lot of business owners never have the uh, benefit of having that information. Even whether you're sitting down and enjoying an entire meal, you never get the information because it's it's a one-and-done kind of thing. I mean, you hope they come back later, but it's not like an ongoing process right. of having the meal. So it is a little bit different um, for that. But you guys have a, a gold mine there with uh, getting the customer information. Now, as far as uh, BAM Nutrition, what's the next step for the business right now? So growing as fast and as quickly as we possibly can. Um, okay. Just really reaching out to do more community things. So being a part of any community events that are going on, we want to be a part of those things. Um, as soon as the weather gets a little bit nicer, we're going to start a free fit camp. So it'll be a free workout. We'll do mornings and afternoons, most days of the week, where just inviting the community members to come and be a part of our small community right there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that gains interest about your business. It helps to create the, you know, the healthy, active lifestyle that we want for our area. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll do that. We just started a weight loss challenge where we, you know, we're helping keeping people accountable. Um, we've been tossing around, you know, some ideas for a running and walking club that has some accountability mm -hmm. to it because, that's what a lot of people need is if they don't have someone to go walk with, they don't know where to find someone, um, you know, they don't have the money to go join a gym or they don't think it's going to be worth it. So mm -hmm. really trying to find that where we can help the people, you know, like 
you know, you go do this walk, and Lexington's great because it has walking trails that are outlined in the concrete in the sidewalk. Oh, okay. So it's great for us, that, and we're on a walking trail, so, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're really going to try to plug into that and really use the resources that are available to us there in the community and try to expand on them as best we can to, to get people interested. That's awesome. Now, as far as your um, like your free fit camps and stuff like that, is that something where you would have to? Where would you? Where do you have something like that? Do you just have them like in a community park or? Um... Well, we would um, hopefully be able to partner with the bank that we share. We our building kind of butts up against their parking lot, so it'd be mm-hmm. great to go to do it right there because it's right next to the okay. club. That way, if anyone you know is driving by and they're like, "Why is there forty people out in the parking lot?" They associate it with our nutrition club. Um, right. Lexington has some great parks, so, you know, we can mm-hmm. definitely expand on to using those, but we would try to stay as close to our space as possible just for association. Gotcha. And traffic, too. Yeah. It's a great, great way to get that double dip on that. So um, what's your favorite tool to use in the day-to-day running of your business? Because I'm sure you probably had some time and maybe in some downtimes to experiment with some uh, maybe some web-based tools or some other things that you're using um, in your business. So I, I love Facebook because of the generation I'm in, I guess. But you know, uh-huh. I love to, use it to connect with people. Um, we had one customer that she wrote on our Facebook wall the other day that she's sending her husband in because she doesn't feel good and all she wants is a smoothie. And so she's sending him in and this is what she wants because he might forget before he gets there. And it was just like <laughs> the coolest thing to us that she did that. And so, you know, we reached back out to her. You know, we've checked on her to make sure she's feeling good. We got to, mm-hmm. you know, everybody in the club doodled on her, on her cup that day to feel better. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, he's, he came back in twice to get her two more smoothies because she wasn't feeling good. And so, wow. you know, we've been able to really connect with a lot of people that way. And her posts, you know, generate a lot of interest because people are like, mm-hmm. okay, what are you doing? You know, like, who is this? Who are these people? And so right. um, Facebook's been great for us to meet people and to connect with local business owners and things. Um, and then, you know, I just, I love the community that we're in. I probably mm-hmm. I sound like a broken record, I'm sure. But no, that that's that's something people yeah. would be jealous of mostly. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's the community that we're in. So really, you know, spending time out. You know, any time that we're not very busy, one of us leaves. We mm-hmm. um, you know, we go out and we we talk to people, or you know, we're going out to share the word about what we're doing. And the same way that you know you would you want all those people near you to spend their money in your place. You know, we mm-hmm. really have tried to reevaluate where we would spend our money. You know, instead of going to Lowe's for all the stuff for our nutrition club, mm-hmm. there's a hardware store in our town that we 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 spent a lot of money at when we were building out our location. And um, there's a men's clothing store that you know we've bought a number of items for, and that you know we love their clothes. And I've been mm-hmm. telling everyone, you know, like, oh, you need a gift? You should go over to the men's store. It's great. And, yeah. Um, there's just all sorts of things. Um, we've bought stuff from. There's a Habitat for Humanity store that we were able mm-hmm. to go over to and. By buying something from there, it gave me even more of an excuse to talk about who we are and what we're doing. Right. So just really working, you know, my biggest tool is myself, I guess, because I get to, yeah. I get to go do stuff and I get to talk to people. And, um, you know, I think that's the best marketing that you can do is yourself because I love my business and I could talk. Yeah, I could talk your ear off, obviously. No, that's great, though. I think you bring up a really good point because I think, um, you know, I know for me, I had to make the turn kind of after it was kind of after the recession happened in 2008. And, you know, a couple of years went by and it really hadn't recovered yet. And suddenly I would go to some of my favorite local businesses and they wouldn't be there anymore. Mm -hmm. And 
it started making me think, you know, oh my gosh, what, what happened to them, you know, and, and how far down did the business go before they finally said we have to pull the plug, yeah. you know, what kind of financial risk did that family take, you know, did they put their home on the line, did, you know, and you start thinking about all these things, and as the economy's picked back up a little bit, I think it's made me take the turn to be more of a conscious consumer. Like yeah. you say, you know, we just thought maybe instead, you know, there are, let's face it, there is so much that we will never, ever be able to get from a local business. You're not going to be able to go buy tires that were made by a local artisan in your area. Yeah. You know, there's a certain amount of mass-produced goods that we will always be forced to buy because of the market demands. Yeah. But to take that other part that's optional and say, is there a way that if I'm going to spend $100 on this project, could I spend it and keep it in my local community, or could I send it out of my community? Which would I rather do? Maybe it's more inconvenient because of limited hours or limited inventory, or you can't order online to do it locally, but the payoff for that community is phenomenal. The data is there. More than twice the amount of money stays in the local community every for every dollar that's spent compared to, you know, the big box stores. Yes. And it's it's crazy. And the service you get, we've just found is so much better. Like we found a blue that we fell in love with and we wanted our countertops to be this blue. And, mm -hmm. you know, I took it to the local hardware store and the guy couldn't get his scanner to match the blue for whatever reason. He wandered around the hardware store with me for 30 minutes to try to find a similar blue that he could scan that I was happy with. And um, I couldn't really find one. So he went up into the upstairs of the business and brought down probably 10 cans of paint and said, well, do you like wow. any of these? And I, I found a blue that I really loved that looked amazing on our countertops. And, you know, if he would have been at another store, he would have been like, oh, I can't match that. You'll have to pick a different color. But he right. worked so hard to find this color for me. And, I mean, it was it was probably 30 minutes at the end of the day, and I thought wow. I would run in and grab paint. And here this yeah. man is, the store's almost closed, and he spent the last 30 minutes with me trying to get a blue for a pint of paint. I wouldn't yeah. have that at Lowe's, you know? No, no, absolutely not. And that's, you know, the thing is, once we commit to doing that, I think we're more conscious of those relationships and the experience. And, and I know with me, there's certain things that I buy locally and granted, if I really searched online, I believe I could probably find it cheaper. But you know what? When I can sit there and talk to the person that owns the store or is the hobbyist that mm -hmm. works there, and they know how to use it, they know how to assemble it. If I have a problem with it, they probably know what I did wrong, and they're more than happy to, you know, to tell yeah. me, oh, I, I know what you did. Here's what you need to do to fix it. You cannot pay money for that kind of experience. Yeah, exactly. And so that is that is exactly the whole point of trying to get the word out about local and what it can mean for a business community. And whenever you have local business owners supporting each other in that way, pretty soon it just mushrooms out and more of that community is encompassed in that. And then everybody wins. The property owners in the community win because more people are paying taxes and they don't have as high of property taxes. The Little League team has new uniforms. The nonprofits in the area are getting, you know, gifted because these businesses are thriving and people are working. And that's, you know, that's economic recovery that you don't need unemployment checks for. You don't need a government bailout for. It's goodwill and it does all of that. So, oh, I could go on forever too. See, we're, we're not a good pair. We could make this last forever. Um, now, as we kind of wind down, um, is there one piece of wisdom 
uh, that has someone has shared with you or, or a piece of advice that you've gotten that's really helped you in your entrepreneurial endeavor? Because I know it's a mountain to climb and you've climbed it and hopefully you're on the, the downside of it. But what piece of wisdom could you share? Um, my dad always, you know, like as a child, I was always the, you know, it didn't work. I failed at it. And he always used to tell all of us kids that, you know, Thomas, and Thomas Edison made, you know, 10,000 light bulbs or however many thousands mm-hmm. that it was um, before he made the right one. Would you like, would you liked it if he would have quit? We could still be using lamps. Do you like lamps? <laughs> and, Candles. And, yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, you know, it's one of those things that I knew, you know, I, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to find something that works for me. And if it takes me, you know, 10,000 tries, like I'm going to find something. And so just knowing that, you know, I found it in myself and I know that I can do it. And, um, you know, everybody can have that if they want it. And, you know, whatever it takes to find it, you know, whether it's someone else telling you it or, you know, there's millions of personal development books out there that will change your entire attitude and your entire life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just, just reading a couple of those and all of a sudden finding it in yourself that, you know, I am going to be successful, whatever it may be. You know, let me let me try a hundred things and I'm going to find mm-hmm. one. And so, um, you know, you don't have to be good at everything. You just got to find That's- that thing that you want to be good at and you'll be good at it. That is absolutely true. Now, I um, I think back, it wasn't too long ago that we had um, Diana Nyad, who was swimming from Cuba to Key West. Mm-hmm. And um, she did that, and there, not too long after that, she gave a TED Talk. And I don't know if you've ever listened to the TED Talks, yeah. but her mantra, and you'll see it if you like her on Facebook, she must, you know, she'll say it frequently, is find a way. And when you have somebody that has struggled and failed over 30 years of trying to accomplish what she was accomplishing, swimming from Cuba to the United States, to keep saying find a way after she already did it at an age that is, you know, three times what people would expect from somebody that could accomplish that, you have to say, you know what, there's something to find a way, make it happen. So that failure has got to be a motivating factor. And I think so many entrepreneurs probably um, have figured out that failure has to motivate you. Otherwise, it will bury you, you know, because you're going to face it. You're going to face it so many more times than the person who never jumped out and tried to, you know, dip their toe in the business world. So. Um, excellent. Well, you've been so generous in sharing kind of your um, journey to where you are today. Is there anything that's going on in your business that you would like to promote right now? I'd be glad to give you a, a minute to tell us about anything that you want to share that maybe um, other people that would be listening could benefit from. Um, and then uh, we'll find out where we can find you online and hook people up with you in case uh, they want to get in touch with you. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, so our, our business is completely customer driven and it's not just people in Lexington. You know, I have customers all over, you know, not only North Carolina, but the United States, just mm-hmm. people that, you know, want help, whether it be losing weight or feeling better or any of those things. So, you know, anyone that feels that way or knows someone that feels that way, you know, I can help them, you know, no matter where they are, whether they're in Lexington and can walk into my smoothie shop or, you know, whether they're in Wisconsin and I got to do a, you know, a chat with them you know, whatever it may be. So if, you know, if someone out there is struggling and you know that they are, you know, I would love to help them, you know, helping people is what I love. So, you know, anybody that has any of those things that, you know, they want to come to, you know, come to one of something of mine or anything along those mm-hmm. lines, you know, I'd, I'd love to help them and, um, you know, just. Excellent. Now, where is the best place 
for people to find you online because what I'll do is on the um, uh, show notes for this uh, podcast, I'm going to put links to, I'll put links to your Facebook and your website and all that and um, any other places that people can find you in case um, they're listening to it a little bit later on and they haven't had a chance. Maybe they're in their car driving or at the gym working. We hope they're at the gym working yes. out, don't we? That's where they need to be. Um, and so they're not going to have a pen and paper to write it down, but I want them to be able to find you and get in touch with you. So where can they they find you online. our facebook is the best place and um it's facebook.com backslash bam nutrition so um, okay that's the best place to find us we're lots of updates on there um Okay. I did, you know, I was on there the other night and, um, I was, <laughs> it was funny cause I was seeing people have this conversation. Has anybody tried the smoothie shop yet? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And so it was like this whole, uh, conversation about what people had tried and what people hadn't and, oh, I mean, meaning to get down there. So it does seem like a very active community. And, you know, so many times even, um, you know, established businesses don't have a lot of success getting an engaged Facebook community. Yeah. So with you driving that and having that as one of the main resources that your business uses, um, I think that's a great benefit to your customers as well because it's almost like you're instantly accessible, yeah. you know, if people can't uh, get down there. So that's a great thing. So we will put um, your Facebook page on here and anything else you need to share with us is before we uh, – before we say goodbye today. No, I, thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting as a new business owner to be asked to do this. I was extremely flattered and extremely excited. So thank you so much for having me. And, you know, anybody out there that anything of mine that I said that you want to hear more about or that I could help you with, you know, I'm happy to help anyone that's looking to do anything even beyond nutrition that they want to help with their business. You know, I can talk about anything. So. Excellent. Well, I appreciate the, the generosity that you've showed us with your time tonight and even with sharing the upsets and the failures and the good things and um, all the resources. And hopefully somebody else out there, whether they're looking to open the same business model type store or whether they're just looking to get out on their own and do something for themselves that is completely on their shoulders, like you said. It puts a lot of pressure on us. But um, to be a resource for those other people that you may never even know um, is honestly a privilege. And so we thank you so much for you um, taking the time to join us tonight. And um, I will be in touch with you on Facebook because I have uh, got to go in and officially like your page. I'm not, I got to think about that the other day. I'm not seeing the updates, so I think I must have missed that in the step of getting in touch with you. So like like the Facebook page, um, facebook.com forward slash BAM Nutrition, and we'll have all the contact information in the show notes. You can find all the resources mentioned in this podcast in the show notes at www.brickandmortarreporter.com. If you've enjoyed listening to this interview today and you've enjoyed the content and the experiences that were shared here, I would be so happy and so grateful if you would take the time to go into iTunes, leave us a quick review or rating. We appreciate all your feedback. We love hearing from you. We want to make this podcast the best it can be with every single episode. So hop on over to iTunes. I'll have the link listed in the show notes, and you can give us a review and or a rating, and we thank you for it. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.